Good afternoon, ASI. It's so good to see each one of you here at our program this afternoon. Just a word about our program this afternoon. The intention of this program is to show some of the unique collaborations that are happening not only here in the United States but around the world between lay people and the Seventh-day Adventist Church on the topic of mission. This afternoon, our first story comes to us from the country of Romania. I have two gentlemen here with me this afternoon, Reinhard Sishu, who is the director, the development director for this project in Romania, and also Edward Kalugra. I'm not sure if I said that exactly right, but uh, you'll forgive me for my pronunciation, who is a pastor and also serves as a treasurer for the Romanian Union. He also serves in Romania as the ASI representative uh, to help coordinate the work of ASI in Romania. So it's a blessing to have both of these gentlemen here with us today as we talk about this very unique project. So tell us, Reinhardt, what is the purpose? It's the, the project is a hospital, right? What is the that purpose is of this hospital in Romania? Well, the main purpose of the hospital uh, is going to be mission, of course. Um, we want to continue the teaching and the healing of Jesus Christ. We want to treat the person as a whole as body, mind, and spirit. Most of the uh, hospitals are treating the disease. So we want to try to treat the person, not the disease. Also, um, in the minds of some of us, there's a conflict between the, these two approaches on cancer about the natural approach and the classical approach. We want to do something unique. We want to do uh, something new and put these, both of them, under the same roof. So let's, let's just uh, back up just a little bit, Reinhard. So a cancer hospital in Romania, why did you choose a cancer hospital? What would be, what reason would there be that Romania needed a cancer hospital? The people in Romania and actually in Eastern Europe, they suffer uh, because of cancer just like the other people around the world. The thing is that they need a higher quality treatment. They need screenings. They need to be treated, um, uh, as I said before, like a whole. And um, in Romania, the health system, let's put it this, this way, it's not that good. So we want to bring a higher quality treatment um, uh, in Romania. And then there is no Adventist hospital in Eastern Europe. None of them. So there is no Adventist hospital in all of Eastern Europe? There isn't, actually. So, uh, so we... this is a real opportunity to do something in terms of health care in Eastern Europe as a whole. I really liked what you said when you said it's unique from the standpoint that you're putting under the same roof the best practice for modern, what we call modern medicine practice. That's true. And also the best practice for lifestyle medicine, yes. both under the same roof. This is a very unique approach to treating cancer. 
I'm not sure if there is actually any other hospital in the world that has this exact approach. I know here in Florida we have the Adventist Health System and we have Creation Health associated with our hospital here, and both elements are given some emphasis. But as far as having both under the same roof and the same direct management, I think this is quite unique. Actually, as far as we know, there is no hospital doing this around the world. So this is going to be uh, a first-time thing. And we, we would like to be an inspiration for others also regarding this. Now, you folks will notice that there's an empty chair here on the, the platform today. And uh, that's for a couple of reasons. One of our interviews has more people. But in this interview this afternoon, we wanted to have Dr. Hart here with us. And many of you know Dr. Hart. He's the president of Loma Linda University. However, his schedule prevented him from being here with us today. But he sent a little statement about this project because Loma Linda has been a collaborator in helping to develop this concept and to put it together. And I just want to read this afternoon the statement that Dr. Hart sent to me. He said, Loma Linda University Health is pleased to collaborate with colleagues in Romania to develop an Adventist cancer hospital. They already have an attractive piece of land and are developing a viable business plan. It is clear that the country is ready for specialist hospitals and we are supportive of this project moving ahead. So Dr. Hart saying yes, he wants to see this project move ahead as well. So we have a very unique hospital that is being developed there. How did this come about? Where was the idea where this came about from? I would like to tell you my opinion. And I would like to spread this idea. I think that for the first time the idea came about in heaven. Ah, amen. It was there for the first time and then it came to us. In Romania we have many Adventist physicians. Sunt mulți studenți adventiști la medicină. Sunt multe persoane care lucrează în domeniul acesta medical. Și au văzut această nevoie. Acum câțiva ani, aproximativ trei ani, oamenii au ieșit în stradă People of Romania, they came out on the streets and they had some demonstrations there. And they shouted, we want hospitals, not churches. People saw this need in Romania. The Adventist church saw this need. Însă vreau să aduc aici în atenție rolul pe care l-a avut ASI. But I want to emphasize the role that ASI had in this project. A pus împreună aceste grupuri din biserică. ASI put together these groups in the church. Oamenii de afaceri, the business people, administratorii bisericii, the church administrators și cei care lucrează în medicină 
corpul medical și de la idee, de la vis, a ajuns într-un proiect. And from the dream, it has become a real project. Okay, that's amazing. So ASI actually played a role in helping to bring together the physicians and the church administration to talk about this project. And I know ASI played a role in the funding of this project as well and helping to generate some funds. Uh, in the end, though, the project will be owned by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, right? Yes, that is correct. Okay, so the project will be owned by the Seventh-day Adventist Church. So what we're seeing here today is a very unique collaboration that has occurred between the lay people of the church, the physicians of the church, and the administration of the church, and not only just in the country of Romania, but collaborating across the world with Loma Linda University and developing this concept and bringing together this very unique project. So I know that there's a lot of stories you could tell, but tell us a story about how this project got started with the land and how God worked there so that you could have the land you needed. Este foarte important într-un proiect să știi că Dumnezeu este cu tine. The most important thing for a project is to know that God is with you. Nu doar că este un vis frumos, ci că Dumnezeu te conduce pas cu pas. It doesn't have to be just a nice dream, but you have to know that God is leading you step by step. Când am ajuns la localizarea proiectului, după ce am localizat proiectul, when we decided on where the project is going to happen, un om de afaceri adventist din România a donat 4 hectare de teren. A Romanian Adventist businessman donated 4 hectares of land. Și a zis este contribuția mea pentru acest proiect. And he said this is my contribution to this project. Noi am spus este suficient 4 hectare. We said well 4 hectares it's enough for us. Am mulțumit și am mers mai departe. We said thank you and we moved on. Însă la scurt timp un vecin al terenului de adventist, o persoană neadventistă. But a neighbor from around there, from a neighbor of the land that we had now. A aflat că vrem să construim un spital. He was a non-adventist and he found out that we want to build a hospital over there. Și a spus vreau să donez și eu un teren. We, I want to donate a piece of land for this hospital. 7500 de metri. It was 7500 square meters. Și a mai fost încă o persoană care a mai adus încă 3.000 de metri And there was another person that donated approximately 3.000 square meters. În total puțin peste 5 hectare. So we have now a little over 5 hectares of land. Și am spus este mai mult decât aveam nevoie. And we said, oh, that's more than enough for este us. foarte bine. It's good. Însă atunci când a venit actul de la din partea statului de autorizație. But in a couple of days Uh, some documents came for us uh, from the government. Era puse acolo câteva condiții. And they had some conditions for us uh, for building a hospital. Și o condiție suna așa. And one of them was saying this. Suprafața de teren minimă, the minimum piece of land that you need, trebuie să fie 5 hectare. Has to be 5 hectares. So God had actually worked all this out ahead of time. He knew what the requirement was and he had provided just the right amount of land so that you could build the hospital. It's amazing. The total project for this hospital is about $25 million. 
uh, euros rather, yes, about 25 euros. million euros. So it's a huge project. I understand you're probably around 6 million euros committed to this project. You're planning on breaking ground in October. And I know that God is going to bless this in an amazing way as the lay people of the church and the administration of the church continue to uh, work together in this unique project. Friends, today, if you want more information, maybe you'd like to go to Romania and see this project. Maybe you'd like to help them in some way. Booth 1100 over in the exhibit hall, they have a, a booth set up there. And these gentlemen would be happy to share with you how God is leading on this project as we were telling this story to each other and kind of preparing for this. There's just a lot more to this story, a lot of miracles that God has done. It's amazing to see what God has done, what he continues to do. Thank you for sharing with us today. Thank you. All right. Thank you. This afternoon, I have uh, Manuel and Esther Alva with us. And for those of you who are longtime ASI members, uh, they are no strangers to you. You've been a part of ASI for many years. I'm not sure I can give you the number. Maybe you can tell me. Since 2003. We're 2003. So about 15 years you've been coming to ASI. Praise the Lord for that. I can remember back when you shared a story of how that you were having church in your office. Now, for those of you who don't know, both Esther and Manuel are both physicians and uh, they've been practicing medicine for a number of years now. And uh, they Over really 20. have a passion for that. How many years? Over 20 years Over in 20 Chicago. years and Chicago area. They have a passion for sharing Christ in their marketplace. And so that's the story, that part of the story is not unique. However, I remember the second time I heard your testimony in which you had not only had church in your office there where you were a practicing physician, but due to some circumstances, you were now having church at a car wash. That's right. uh, I remember some of those pictures and the early seeing those pictures of having church in a car wash. But God has moved you beyond the car wash now and has supplied you with a building and you're having church in a... Uh, well, I'm going to let you tell us where you're having church. Yes, uh, the idea was to have a church and medical office and even a vegetarian restaurant or a health food store because we thought that was the way to introduce health to our community, which is mainly Hispanic in the area where we are, which is west of the city limits of Chicago in Berwyn. But God has some other plans how to attract people that could benefit from this endeavor and he supplied us with a young, energetic, spirit-filled pastor that said, we're going to do something to bring the community in. And the next thing we knew is uh, ASI had advertised on their magazine a uh, nonprofit course, I believe it was in New York City or something like that, um, uh, for people that wanted to run nonprofits. So the pastor attended that one, and he came up with a new idea of just making this useful for the community, a service center for the community. So uh, a thrift store was started. So you don't start a thrift store without a place, though. What kind of place did God give you? Well, um, we were praying for a long time and seeing different buildings. Uh, one of the brothers was helping us, who's a realtor. And then all of a sudden, we came with this building, which is in Route 66, 
uh, the old Route 66 arriving to Chicago in the middle of a bustling commercial area, and he said, this is the building. The price seemed attractive. The building was abandoned for two years. It used to be a, a used car dealership. Um, before that, it was a restaurant and a car wash combined. <laughs> Go figure that. <laughs> but it was abandoned completely, and it was in a pretty good uh, state of disrepair. And, but that, that, was, that was the most central position that we could be in. So God gave you a storefront, car wash, um, automobile store, all kinds of things together, and now you're turning that into a center of influence right there in Chicago. And your initial dream was to have, like, you know, the vegetarian restaurant, all this stuff going on there. Uh, those plans have been adjusted just a little. I think we have a video right now that, uh, where we can see just a little peek at some of those things that, uh, that God has given you there. Yeah. yeah, probably people here in the audience or people watching have read the book, uh, uh, The Blueprint by Rico Hill and Jared Thurman, uh, which illustrates what our churches should be just before Jesus coming, a center, a beehive they call it. That's the term used by Energy White. A beehive. This is well. This is a little beehive there. This is the state that it well, was. This is the building when we first set up right when we first acquired it. The, uh, the parking lot was uh, semi-destroyed. There was okay, there were all kinds of leaks from the rain inside the building. Uh, this was a good shell. It's about what? Ten thousand. Ten thousand square feet. Ten thousand square feet of building plus about forty-two spaces for for parking, and. Uh, it seemed appropriate for the office, for a health food store, for a church, um, auditorium, and uh, the place that the daily nutrition lectures or health education lectures and the stress management lectures that are run by our pastor uh, can be performed at. Uh, so this was it. Um, that's, that's where we started. So God gave you a building there, gave you. He supplied a building that you could get involved in purchasing for this ministry. And uh, you had an energetic young pastor. You went and got training. Now you have a distribution center there. We call it a thrift center where people can come in and get items that are lightly or well used depending on the condition. And it's been a blessing there. What else is going on inside of that building now? Well, we have in this building uh, the nutrition lectures, the clinic. Uh, there's a family practitioner that is Seventh-day Adventist. Our, our church is very small. It's about 35, 40 members uh, that are attending uh, faithfully every week. Uh, but among them, we have people that have run um, a vegetarian restaurant and a store. We have another lady that has a massage and spa business in downtown, um, and we have people that are electricians, painters, builders. So this is the center now, a few months after, and you can see the, there's furniture there. Um, the warehouse, which is not finished, is full of donations. There's a track that was donated by another church. This is a um, place where many churches are converging. The white track was donated by one of the churches that Pastor De Souza has also. Uh, there's a bus uh, where people are transported when they have no transportation. Uh, the warehouse, which is there, it's uh, supplied by an organization called 1-800-GOT-JUNK. They have uh, Seventh-day Adventists on their board, and they have too many things to donate, furniture and clothing and uh, electrodomestic uh, things. So the, as, the, as the ministry develops and kind of the Lord sets these things up, you're moving forward with that. So I just want to kind of review clinic 
and thrift store in the same building, along with health lectures. How many days a week is this church open? Uh, well, it opens on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all the days of the week. And we are closing the store with big signs, close on Saturday, but people are invited to come into uh, Bible lectures and a delicious vegetarian meal that is uh, served by the church every week, every Sabbath. So it's open seven days a week. Wow. You know, I know a lot of churches that are open basically one, maybe one and a half days a week. So to say that the facility is open and active in the community seven days a week is amazing. Now, Esther, I know that you don't get into a project like this without a lot of involvement. What, how has God put on your heart to work in this ministry? Well, mo mostly as a supportive role, but I'm there every day, pretty much, except some Sundays where I stay at home. But on the theme of business unusual, we saw it when we went to seek permits with the local government. They could not figure out how could we have a clinic, a thrift shop, a food store, which we are starting, small food store, health food store, lectures on health in the same building. They they still could not understand how can you do all these things. Tell me one thing I understand, but two, three things, it's business unusual, definitely. <laughs> so the city said, uh, I, I, as we were discussing this, they mentioned this, the city kind of thought maybe you're trying to evade taxes or, or, or something like that. But you assured them, no, this is care for the whole person. And it's, uh, you know, it's really God's plan, isn't it? Yes. And, and I wonder what would happen if all of our churches were open seven days a week, doing some kind of ministry in their community. Need a lot of volunteers for that, and that's why we're blessed to have a pastor who has four churches, and we have a, an Illinois conference uh, with Pastor Aguilera, the president, that is fully supporting this now, thanks to our pastor that has uh, shown the plan of action. Uh, we have a union president like Pastor Marius Valentine that is also behind this. We're blessed to have all these uh, spiritual leaders uh, heading, spearheading this effort. So this is because it's not what we would consider a regular church building kind of plan. How did the conference and the, the union relate to that? How did you get through that, uh, you know, to get to this point? Well, uh, when you say you're going to do something medical, they, uh, people get nervous. If you get That's blamed true. or something, there's a liability <laughs> for the whole church corporation. But we, we were counseled to form uh, another uh, nonprofit corporation to which the building uh, is owned by. Uh, this is our church group there. Mm. It's, as Amen. you see, there are not too many, but everyone has a role. And we're trying to involve everyone, uh, young and old, uh, to do this. This is where we're meeting. Now we're meeting in the warehouse because the front, which was the church space before in the auditorium, is now the thrift store. So uh, everything is educational. We try to educate, educate, educate with every worship service, with every time that we meet there. And God always brings people. This is our... our uh, health, I'm sorry, the nutrition, the cooking class that was run uh, last week, actually. And it's good to see that uh, our health educator, which is our son, and the other members of the church, the Wadaramas, run the cooking school, they can function without any supervision. They just have the days that they are set, and they just, they just run the service. It's God moving there. 
So I hear total member involvement, Amen. which is something that I think all of our churches need. Everybody involved in doing something. Amen. Now, Esther, as we close today, I want you to give a challenge. I'm, I'm assuming that not everyone here is going to go start a center of influence. But what would you say to someone who they feel like God is calling them to do something that is bigger than what they think they can do? What would you say to them? I would say pray first for guidance, and then the Lord will give you an idea what to do. Something's easy, simple, something that you can do, even if it's juicing, baking bread, sharing recipes in your neighborhood, something that the Lord puts in your heart that you already know how to do. And go in partnership with your pastor. Ask him for ideas. Don't work by yourself. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing with us today your passion to see the city of Chicago be reached for Christ. May God bless you and continue to bless you in your ministry and what you're doing there as you do business unusual. Our next story this afternoon showing unusual activity, unusual collaboration, unusual uh, business comes to us. Uh, and I have on the platform with me Rusty McKee, Dan Houghton, and Elder Mark Finley. And uh, I think you can see just by looking at this group that there's some unusual things that could happen. And uh, so uh, we are excited to have them here with us today. You know, there's something about the ASI spirit that when the business people see something that should happen, they tend to become pretty active and almost get agitated if it's not happening quickly, right? And this project is an example of that as well. Now, uh, today, I just want to ask Dan if he would just describe for us, just briefly describe this project and give us a little bit of uh, background. I know there's not much history because it's happened pretty quickly, but just give us a little description and background. I'll do that, Steve. We call this our Three Angels Messages Project, and it actually uh, was born six weeks ago. Amen. Okay. And, uh, it, but it actually goes back a little further than that. Rusty McKee and another friend of ours, Brad, we were talking about this almost a year and a half ago, saying, what can we do to get the Three Angels Messages ratcheted up in the attention of our kids? And I think, you know, before I go into that description, I'd like to have foundational as Rusty's experience and why it's driven. He's the catalyst that made this happen. All right, Rusty, share with us. Well, so on the Sabbath afternoon, I love taking hikes in the, in the mountains right there in Collegedale, right next to Southern Adventist University on these beautiful trails. And when I see these young folks that look like college kids, I'll ask them, hey, do you guys go to that college over there? And they'll say yes. And then I say, oh, then, then are you Seventh-day Adventist? And they, they, they say yes. And I go, oh, I got some more questions. I said, do, do you guys believe that, uh, or are you guys, do you guys believe that you're a Protestant? And there's a pause. And most say yes. And then I say, oh, fantastic. So what are you protesting against? <laughs> <clears throat> what I'm hoping to hear one of these days is we're protesting anything that is not biblically true. Amen. Haven't heard that yet. Well, then I still got more questions. And I say, okay, so as Seventh-day Adventists, 1 John 4, 8, you believe God is love in everything from, from everything in his word and what he's done in the past, today, and forevermore. Is that right? Yes. Solid answer. And I always love hearing that. Well, then here's my final question. 
Now, don't Adventists have this first, second, and third angel's message? And it's, it's for the last days. It's right before Christ comes. And um, could you share that with me? And more importantly, share it in a way that I hear God's love so, so it draws me to that message. And there's a long pause. Mm. A dozen years, many of us, and these students have Seventh-day Adventist Christian education. Why doesn't this flow just from our heart? Amen. So you saw a need. You saw a need for some way to encourage this Three Angels messages to be highlighted more in the teaching process in the classrooms. So what happened after that? Okay, so basically what happens is Rusty and our friend Brad called me about a year and a half ago. They were sitting someplace brainstorming, let's call Dan and get him involved in this discussion. And so we started talking and I agreed, hey, this is a, this is a wonderful idea. And our initial stages, we were trying to be too complex and trying to figure out too sophisticated a ways. Well, about six weeks ago, in a conversation I was having between the Sacramento airport and Weimar Institute where I was driving to, on a phone call, we started saying, well, you know, we could do something like this. And besides that, the teachers convention for Every teacher in North America comes together for every five years, Steve. And that's happening starting actually Monday in Chicago. And so we said, hey, we could do this. And so we said, let's just simply take a piece of art that Nathan Green had done for Doug Batchelor 19 years ago for his Net 99 of the Three Angels messages. Nathan's too busy. He's booked out to 2023 right now. But hey, we could actually have another digital artist that I know. We could work on this. And so within just a few, matter of a few uh, minutes, we came up with a plan, and then we began to execute, and God began to open every door right in front of us. The digital artist says, I wish you'd have called me two weeks ago. I had time. And, I, and before we finished our conversation, he said, okay, I'll do it. And he had it done in three days. Amen. Pastor Mark was over mm -hmm. in Greece at the time. We said, okay, we, the wording on this, we want him to sit down. And, and, I, and, I, and so he got back on Wednesday. And on Wednesday, he called me from when he got back onto the, onto the United, uh, onto, into the U.S. And I said, Mark, I've got a project, and here's what I want. I want you to think about sitting down in front of your 10-year-old granddaughter, and I want you to summarize in a couple of sentences what each of the three angels' messages are. And I described what we were coming up with. He said, well, I'll, I'd, and he immediately said, he caught the vision, said, okay, we can do it, but I can't do it till Sunday morning. I said, okay. That was Wednesday evening. When I woke up on, in California, West Coast time on Thursday morning, I have an email from Mark and he's already got the first draft of that done. Amen. I said, wow, this is coming together. And then on top of that, I called and checked out where we could get it printed because, you know, we sold our printing company. We no longer own Color Press. It's, it's gone. But I started making arrangements. Who could I get to do this and who would design it? And all those pieces fell into perfect line. And then the big piece was I called Larry Blackmer, the Vice President of Education for North America. I said, Larry, we're already going to be at the North American Division Teachers Convention on some other things with art. What do you think about this idea? And he said, I love it. Let's push it. And so bottom line, what's happened, Steve, is that we actually have already started shipping this set of four posters that you see on the stage to every classroom in North America. Not every school. Every school gets a set of these for every classroom. And in the meantime, we have contracted... We have contracted with a group of educational writers that regularly write curriculums, 
And we are creating a two-week curriculum. In other words, for, for 10 days, 10 school days, we have a curriculum that will be downloadable off the NAD education website or a website I'm going to tell you about in a minute. And out of that material, they will, the teachers will have for first and second grade, third and fourth grade, fifth and sixth grade, seventh and eighth grade, nine through 12, there'll be a separate set of lesson plans and study materials to go with these posters for the classrooms that they can download for free off of the internet and use if they want. Amen. So we have now, in just a few weeks, come together with a project that has the potential to impact every Seventh-day Adventist student in the whole system of education within our North American division. That's right. And not only, not only the division, but also all of our supporting ministry schools. It's amazing what God is doing to bring this about. I say that's business unusual. Time must be short. God wants to do something. This is our last day message. Amen. This is not some other message. It's our last day message. Elder Finley, I know you're here this afternoon, and uh, you have participated in this project. You've been a part of this. Share with us today how this affects your heart as you think about what's happening. I've stood on the great platforms of the world in over a hundred countries, and I've seen the power of the three angels' messages touch hearts and change lives. Let me tell you a story. The Second World War ended September 2, 1945. When the Second World War ended, there were many Jewish children whose parents had been killed in the Holocaust. These children during the Second World War as Jews were taken into Catholic orphanages. So at the end of the Second World War, many rabbis wanted to recover the Jewish children from the Catholic orphanages. When they went there, the priest said, we have no Jewish children here. The rabbis said, well, what about the names? They said, oh, those are Polish names. We can't tell the difference. There's no Jewish children here. Rabbi Joseph Kahneman went to a Catholic orphanage and was turned away in the morning. He went to some of the American soldiers who were overseeing that area and he said, please, could you get me in at least at night? So they came back, negotiated with the priest, and Rabbi Kahneman was allowed to walk through the orphanage. As he was walking through the orphanage, he began to sing in Hebrew the Jewish Shema, Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. The Lord our God is one Lord. As he began to sing, a five-year-old child began to cry and say, Mama, Mama. A nine-year-old said, Mama, Mama. You see, every Jewish child knew the Shema. They had been taught it from their earliest ages. It was part of their DNA. And Rabbi Kahneman said, that's one of mine. That's one of mine. That's one of mine. What's the Adventist DNA? What's the Adventist DNA? What is it that should boil the minds of our children, that should make us a unique people? It's a message given. Revelation 14, verse 6, I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to go to the ends of the earth, to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come. Imagine every Seventh-day Adventist young person graduating from an Adventist school, eighth grade, academy, college, coming out with a passion for mission, a passion to share the three angels' messages. That's what this project 
is all about. Business unusual is the theme of our convention this year. But you know, I think it should be the theme of our entire lives. These, these days in which we live are different than days in which we've lived before. The collaboration that we've exhibited this afternoon between the ministries, the businesses, the business people, the church, the church pastors, the church administration, needs to be carried on. This doesn't need to end here. What we're hoping to do is that when you leave this place today, you will be inspired to go home and do something just a little bit different, just a little bit unusual, just a little bit challenging, something that will require just a little bit of sacrifice, or maybe even a lot of sacrifice or maybe even a lot of commitment, or maybe something that's not just a little bit different, but a lot different than what we've done before. Because I believe with all my heart that Jesus wants to come soon. While he could do all the work himself, he does not do that. He allows us as sinful, imperfect human beings to have a part in what he's doing for the world. This afternoon, we're gathered here. It's not our closing meeting because we have one more meeting after this. We have some time to go back to the booths yet this afternoon, this evening. But I want you to go prayerfully. And I want you to go carefully. And I want you to begin to ponder, what is God calling me to do as an individual? It would be easy for us today to leave this place and say, isn't it exciting to see what Dan Houghton is doing through Heart Research and Rusty McKee is doing or Elder Finley is doing or the Alvas are doing or they're happening in Romania. It's just so exciting. I'm glad I came to ASI and to go home and do nothing. My challenge to you today is to not let that happen. God wants to use every single person gathered here. There are no exceptions. It doesn't matter whether you're 98 or only 8. God wants to use every one of us to help get this three angels' message to the entire world. That's our commission. That's our, that's our marching orders. That's what we need to be doing. And to say, we'll wait is a possibility, but I don't think it's the right answer. I think we need to say, yes, Lord, and now. Use me for whatever you want to do. Help me that I would just dedicate my life entirely, not partially, but entirely to do something for you, even if you make me get out of my comfort zone. Today, I thank you for coming Pastor Finley, we're getting ready to end this. I'm just wondering if you'd be willing to pray for us this afternoon, a prayer of dedication. And, and just, you know, we, we need. I, I was here at the end of church service, and I happen to be standing behind the stage. But we need that.
commitment today. Would you pray for us? Let's bow our heads together. Our Father, at the cross of Calvary, you paid the infinite price for each one of us. And there we find forgiveness and grace and mercy and power. But there we find motivation. Motivation to share your love. Motivation to to share your grace. Father, you've equipped each one of us with gifts. Those gifts are different. Each one of us have been gifted in different ways. Just now, in the quietness of this auditorium, the best we know how, we surrender our lives to you again. We've done it many a times, but we do it again this afternoon. And we ask you in a special way to impress us with what you want us to do. Impress us how to use the gifts you've given us most effectively. Impress us as we leave this place how to take another step. There's something more, much more that you have for us. There are new doors of opportunity that are opening, new vistas for us to march into, new horizons for us to to cross over. Father, grant to us the spiritual eyesight to see the opening doors of your providence so that we can be part of that message called the three angels to bring the everlasting gospel to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people so Jesus can come soon. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. I invite you to bow your heads as we uh, pray together. Father in heaven, we are so thankful for your Holy Spirit that we see moving all around us. We're thankful for the blessings that you've showered upon us. And we, we confess, we repent of our lack of faith, of what you promised to do in and through us, and that you would cover the earth with your glory. We pray that you might increase our faith as the disciples prayed, that we might um, enter with you into your work. Wherever we see you working, we just pray that you will empower us, strengthen us. We want Christ living in us through the Holy Spirit, that we might see the people around us as you see them, that we might love them as you love them, because we don't have that love in ourselves. We know that you've loved us with an everlasting love. You've drawn us with that everlasting love. We know you're drawing them with your everlasting love. And we pray that as that love uh, flows through us, and into the world, that the world be lightened with your glory, that the, that the reward that Christ so richly deserves might be his, and that he might uh, be able to see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. We thank you for your promise. We thank you for the three angels' messages, which are messages of hope messages of faith, messages of your power, the power of your word, the power of creation and recreation, the power to, um, to win everyone to you, everyone who will not resist, we know will be drawn as we lift up Christ uh, to the world. And to this end, Lord, we, we ask your blessing. Uh, we're so glad that we've been able to come together and to share this time. There's still Sabbath hours left. We pray you'll bless our fellowship, uh, bless our uh, conversation. We pray that you'll 
bring us to meet the people even here that we can minister to, we can partner with, that your work can be forwarded and that Jesus can come soon. We pray all of these things in his mighty name. Amen. This media was produced by Audioverse for ASI, Adventist Layman's Services and Industries. If you would like to learn more about ASI, please visit www.asiministries.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.